Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Divs. Hello! And we're super excited for this week's episode. Um, I mean, we're excited about all our episodes, but this one especially. <laughs> um, we ended up taking a little bit of, of a short break last week because we were actually waiting for this week's episode to drop because this week we're talking about marvel's latest movie black widow which actually just came out oh my god two days yes. ago as of our recording this mm-hmm. so uh it's it's still really recent and it literally like just came out in theaters and it's available unfortunately with premiere access on disney plus um yeah so um yeah the, i think right now those are probably the the best ways to watch it but um we wanted to if it's safe for you guys to go to theaters go do it if it's safe yeah and if they're open and (laughs) if you're comfortable doing it we highly recommend it but i think we're also i think part of it is just like there's been no big like marvel blockbuster movies since the pandemic started so like this is first and Mm -hmm. we were just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for this movie to drop and they kept pushing the release date back yeah this was supposed to come out may of last year dude if i remember correctly yeah yeah but i think i it got pushed back initially if i remember correctly because like they were still like filming parts of it or doing post-production or something once the pandemic Mm. hit they couldn't like wrap it up so like it got pushed back then and i think it got pushed to like i think winter 2020 and then with the pandemic still kind of being a thing, Disney pushed it back again because I think they were really hoping for a theater release, which mm-hmm. they ended up getting. But also, I feel like if they had just put it on Disney Plus, I feel like people would have watched it too. I mean, granted, it, if it had been thirty-five dollars, <laughs> I don't know that a lot of people would have wanted to pay thirty-five. But I feel like maybe if they'd put it on Disney Plus for like nine ninety-nine or something, ten dollars. Well, maybe a nominal price—the price of a movie ticket, maybe. You know, yeah. that would have made sense. Yeah, I mean, $35 I mean, is a lot. And even as much as I love the MCU, I don't yeah, want to have to... Yeah, it's a bit to... much. I, yeah. agree. I agree. It, I mean, if, like, this is the new norm, it's just going to be really annoying, but... No, <laughs> but... here's the thing. I mean, now the theaters are opening back up where we are, thankfully, so it mm-hmm. might it might change. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... Uh, I'm like you said. I'm still very skeptical about going to crowded places. Oh no, I'm I'm totally with you. Yeah, it is. It is kind of, especially because in a lot of places it's like, I mean, I don't know about where you are, but where I am, like the theaters have been pretty much shuttered, or my local theater has been shuttered they since have like been. March 2020. Same, <laughs> so. and they're just starting to open up again next week for me. Yeah, for me I they've am. been open for like I think a month or two. Mm-hmm. But um, also, I don't know how many people are going, and there's just something about sitting in like, a theater all by yourself, <laughs> which, I mean, I guess in these crazy times, like, that would probably be preferable to sitting in a crowded yeah. theater, but um, I don't know, also, like, they, my local theater is, like, kind of revamped the process of, like, purchasing tickets and, like, mm. stuff, and it's just kind of a hassle, so. Um, oh, really? You, I mean, I thought you could buy it online and, you know, just go. Is that not the case anymore? It is, it is, but because we're doing, like, reduced capacity, if you want mm-hmm. to, like, do in, like, groups or whatever, you have to kind of, like, book your seats in such a way that, like there's a certain number of seats between you and, like, the next party and stuff. Ooh, and, um, yeah, I just, hear you, I hear you. Yeah, it, <laughs> um, and also, like, especially, 
for a movie like this, this is, I think, something that you want to see with friends or family or something. It's like, oh my God, you know, yeah. it's a big action blockbuster type thing. And it's and a theater movie. It's just, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, I think, like, my friends and family weren't comfortable going to the theater. And to be honest, I wasn't either. So mm. we skipped the theater. Um, I and... hear you. I totally hear you on that. Because, <laughs> like, I, it, would, it wouldn't be easy. Um... Yeah, yeah. It, for me as well, it, it would basically mean a lot of hassle at this point to yeah. go through all of that. So I I get it. So yeah, yeah but, uh, uh, we mean, got we, off topic, but <laughs> a little. But we still we managed to see the movie, which is I think all that matters, and yeah. um, I think we really enjoyed it, which is also all that matters. Oh my god, um, yes. it was so it, much fun, dude! It like, was, yeah, especially because like the. NCU has been on a hiatus since the pandemic started and we've been fed a lot of good content with like the different TV series and stuff but it's still not quite the same as having like a huge blockbuster yeah Yeah. exactly so I know we were really looking forward to this and I'm sure a lot of people were too if like just based off of reactions Mm -hmm. I've seen online I think a lot of people really were looking forward to the movie and really enjoyed it which is really nice to see (laughs) but yeah we're going to be getting into everything so as always just our usual spoiler warning um we apologize if you're still planning to listen and you haven't seen the movie because we're going to talk about as much as we can. But um, if you haven't seen the movie and you would like to, like we said, it's on uh, Disney Plus with premiere access um, or it's playing in, I think, select theaters select all theaters. over the world. Again, so if it's hopefully. safe for you guys to go and if yeah. you're comfortable yeah. with going, do it. If not, please, uh, if you can... If you can afford it, go with the premiere access because that would be the safest way for you to do it at this point. Because Probably. here's the thing, while Marvel does have a lot of money, <laughs> it would be cool to just, you know, support the franchise and just watch it le- legally, even though I wouldn't blame you if you thought 35 bucks was a bit much, to be oh, honest. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's a lot, but also like... Yeah, if you're able to do it legally. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's probably honestly. yeah, the best yeah. way to go. <laughs> we're we're not going to be preaching here cuz you know, just no. There's I I I will understand it if you don't want to. We get that. But um all that aside, um this let's start let's talk with how the, talk about how this movie starts because there's a lot going on here. Right? Yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's actually, in some ways, I think, kind of almost like dark for a Marvel movie in terms oh of my the God, opening. So because much, yes. it starts yeah. off very like light and cute and stuff. And um, you see like a younger version of Nat just in Ohio, of all places, um, yeah. kind of in like a, a suburb and, and just kind of leading what looks like a normal life, but literally within like five minutes of like footage rolling um things immediately go south oh my god the first section of the movie is literally like her family escaping ohio yeah in like this crazy action sequence that involves shield and like a a police car chase and like a crazy like plane ride and stuff Mm -hmm. and it is i think kind of at least at the beginning because there's not a lot of information provided beyond what like little Nat knows um, yeah, it's, sure, it's almost in a sure. way like kind of mysterious and sinister and dark and then um, they end up in Cuba 
and we find out oh. kind of how she got into this whole like situation role. yeah yeah there's a lot to unpack there as well because if you look at if you look at the situation here it's like it, it let's talk about this because i found this super interesting uh because but while they're while they did escape from the red uh, from uh shield at that point mm-hmm. nat is super protective of elena and understandably so she's like i can't go back there i want to stay in ohio she's like they can't take her she's only six and then he's like, and then uh, Alexei is like, you were younger. So what does that even mean? Because that's like, that has crazy implications, right? So let's talk it about does, that. It does, yeah. And we, I think we don't find out about that until like the second half of the film. There's a scene oh. where um, I think Melina and Natasha are talking and Melina mm-hmm. comments on how Nat was kind of selected just like based on her genetics from like a really young age and her family yeah. just like paid off for it and and uh, that her mother was relentlessly searching for her still yeah you know? but um at this point in the movie at the beginning when um alexi's commenting that she was taken even younger that's just like a really depressing way of framing it because yelena's really yeah. young at the beginning too and like she has that innocence that children have and she's only she six and then yeah, she doesn't like then, understand yeah exactly anything that's really going on yeah. to her it's kind of like the way alexi framed it like a big adventure and um it's just something like cool and exciting like this journey that they're going on and she doesn't really understand why or what consequences or like what impact this is going to have on her life because obviously her, you know and the entire family dynamic that they built or whatever that is right. because we yeah. find out that they're not even their real parents honestly yeah right? yeah and like That's Natasha and Yelena are not even sisters like yeah. biologically it's everything is just like yeah. constructed and it's like a like a setup mm-hmm. that they've been kind of forced into and I mean they don't find out until much later I think mm-hmm. um and so it's it's especially like that opening sequence it's very i think um sinister in a way because we kind of find out like with Nat and Elena exactly what's going on and then you just kind of see like these little snapshots of them over the years like after they've been separated and taken like, in kind of basically taken in this. by the red room and stuff like that yeah like, yeah and, like forced so to creepy, like, the black widow program yeah. yeah it's just like it's a lot of like training and conditioning and mm-hmm in Yelena's case like literally mind wiping and mind control which we will get into but yeah, yeah. because so how that was revealed is even cooler because like we so basically let's talk about that because Yelena's I mean we know that we know from the previous MCU entries that Natasha got out right we know mm-hmm. that she got out but then she believes she really believes that she took out Drakov and that the red room no longer exists but now mm-hmm. here here we are with elena uh, as a red room operative as a black widow and she's basically after a target and the only reason she's after a target is because this person has a serum that could basically undo the mind control that draco has concocted for his widows let's talk about that scene because i love the way it was framed that you don't know that this is what's happening up until the second it happens. So let's talk about that. 
Yeah, like you said, it was a really cool way of framing it because, again, we find out a lot of things with the characters as they experience these things or go through certain events. And this mm-hmm. is definitely one of them because, like you said, Yelena is just chasing this target. And for yeah. a couple of minutes, it's just like, you don't know why she's chasing this target. And like mm-hmm. you don't really know what the purpose is behind this. It's just mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. a cool action sequence but then at the last second she gets like spritzed with like this gas or whatever yeah and then like instantly she's like oh my god i'm so sorry i didn't mean to kill you and it, it for like a moment it's like a little bit like confusing because it's like a second ago you were after her and <laughs> you wanted to like, and now you're like and, yeah yeah and so i think like the that particular sequence it, it is i think at least for me i, I had to like process it for a minute before I realized exactly, what was going on. Exactly, exactly. And but, then she actually uh, cuts herself and tries to take out the tracking chip, which is, yeah. like, insane. Honestly. Yeah, and also the thing that I found kind of, like, strange is that I would have assumed that the Red Room would have put tracking chips in the widows and not told them where it was. Yeah. But, like, she seemed to know where hers was, and I was also wondering, like, is it the same for every widow, or is it like, are they in different places for different widows, or like, how does it work? That was just yeah. something I was thinking of. It's like totally unrelated to, <laughs> I guess, that particular scene. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. interesting food for thought, I guess. But yeah, I mean, she there's like that kind of, I don't know. To me, it, it <laughs> this is gonna sound weird, but it reminded me of the scene from the 2013 Tomb Raider game where Lara oh, like cauterizes her yes. own wound. Um, I don't know why because it's it's not really the same situation, but um, Yelena just like cutting herself open and taking out the tracking chip <laughs> just kind of reminded yeah. me of that. But um, it was interesting because also the the other widows on her mission immediately, like when they don't get any confirmation from her, immediately yeah. they're like, we have a defector. And I'm like, well, how do you know she just didn't die? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I know like they're not, they're not easy to beat, but widows are not immortal. So... Um, I was curious that, like, how she knew that Yelena hadn't just, like, gotten hurt or, like, died or, like, I don't know, was unconscious or something. Exactly. How, she how would you, specifically yeah, that she how would you know that? Exactly. Unless oh something happened with the chip, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was, like, it was like a very quick shift to, like, okay, she's our leader or, like, the team leader or whatever and we're following her on this mission to like okay now we have a defector we have to go after her and mm-hmm. it was it's just really interesting how quickly that happened and I think it, it, it also kind of just illustrates how I guess sinister and creepy the mind control is because like literally I guess as long as the widows are mind control they don't really have much autonomy and they're not able to like I guess make choices we don't really know how aware they are of certain things um but it's like instantaneously as soon as like Yelena got spritzed it was like she knew kind of everything and and she knew what she had to do or like she made a choice and she just like went with it which was really cool so yeah (laughs) yeah exactly pretty much honestly oh my god but yeah let's then let's talk about how it switches to Nat's perspective now suddenly right it's like she's on the run this is directly after civil war and Ross is like after her, and she called him and like, uh, "You look a little desperate right now, and you need to kind of stop coming after me. You'll never find me." And she, and they don't. So <laughs> let's talk about that situation here because, I mean, we know Nat's been in sticky situations before. I mean, probably we worse do, than these yeah. when it comes to the red room and shit. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that. And let's. I mean, of course, he's underestimating her, like 
an idiot, but let's <laughs> talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I love the way that that particular scene was framed because mm-hmm. until probably the end of that whole interaction, you don't really know that um, Nat and Ross are at two completely separate locations. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the way the scene is set up, it's like it looks like Nat is just like in a bathroom in like this train station or whatever, yeah. and like the entire like Ross and all his like forces and stuff have converged on this location. Yeah. And it, it's kind of framed in such a way where it looks like, oh my god, this is a sticky situation. How is she going to get out? But mm-hmm. Nat is literally like across the ocean at this point, <laughs> and she's like just like <laughs> thousands She's of like, miles bye. away <laughs> yeah and so I really love the way like, they frame I'm that out. because you find out that like Ross is in one location and then Nat is all the way in Norway where Ross is very much not <laughs> so exactly. like there's just no way he's gonna catch her yeah like come on dude like you should know by now that she's she's not an easy target you can't just get the jump on her let's, I know. let's get that straight Let's also talk about, I mean, how she's living her life. She's probably used to living in isolation like that and in worse conditions, too. So this stuff is not new to her. Um, and again, I, and I'll get to this in another, because this should be another podcast in and of itself, considering this kind of movie should have been done in the beginning. <laughs> right. But that's for another time, but we will talk about this a little bit. So let's talk about that situation and how she how how she ends up being targeted by the taskmaster because that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Yeah, it really is because it, I mean, as far as we know from all the previous movies that have come out that she's been in, I don't think Nat has ever mentioned Elena or her you know supposed yeah. family, mm-hmm. and she's I think been kind of tight-lipped about her past I think with good reason there's obviously yeah. a lot of stuff that she did that she wasn't proud of and yeah, uh, exactly. I think she was really trying to find a way to kind of redeem herself go. from her makeup mm-hmm. for the yeah, yeah exactly. um, so it makes sense that she didn't spend a lot of time telling the other Avengers about her past but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that she's like after the events of Civil War she's living in isolation in like this like tiny pocket of Norway and mm-hmm. um she's really far from like anybody mm-hmm. and still in spite of that the taskmaster happens to find her because some of her stuff from her apartment her old apartment um is delivered mm-hmm. to her and amongst it is a container of or a, a case of all these vials case of can, those vials exactly yeah, can, like, holy crap yeah widows from their crazy mind control and Drakov and all of that and i don't even think she realized that she had it until the taskmaster kind of pops up and blows up her car yeah <laughs> basically blows up her car and then she's like you're not after me you're after something else and she's like now what is what is this uh person after which is like a super cool way of you know, getting us into the plot of this, basically. Yeah, and it was also really interesting because the Taskmaster is more, I think, robotic, and we'll get to why later, I'm sure. Yeah, oh my god, yes. um, (laughs) And and one of the, like, kind of cool but also kind of creepy things the Taskmaster does is, like, mirror their opponent's moves and stuff. So, like, they're able to, like, I guess, read or anticipate or whatever. Or just, like, copy, yeah. So it's, like, how do you fight somebody who like Knows is literally gonna moves. yeah exactly it's really difficult so it was really cool to see the way Nat kind of outsmarted the taskmaster and still managed to get the vials and like the taskmaster thought 
they got everything, but it was just an empty briefcase. Yeah. And um, so yeah, that sequence is really cool. There's a lot of really cool like action sequences in this movie, Which but it's not a Marvel new movie, for so. Marvel. But yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, for sure. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about those vials and the clue that Elena left for Natasha because that's that's a sweet callback. That's the only way she'd identify that it was from Elena. So yeah, yeah. I think if she hadn't seen the clue mm-hmm. it may have been harder to piece together but yeah um that was the other interesting thing like so yelena sends uh, natasha all these vials and she sticks mm-hmm. a picture of them from when they were much much younger mm-hmm. um and like their ohio days i guess yeah. uh, amongst the vials so i guess like it's kind of like a clue or kind of puts natasha on the right path but to me it was just also really interesting that presumably they've had no contact for 20 years yeah, yeah like a couple decades at minimum mm-hmm. and Elena still found a way to like contact her and like or like get these to her and so I thought that was really yeah. cool that I she think still... that could be attributed to the fact that Natasha is a well-known Avenger and it's <laughs> not that far-fetched because she's probably been on TV and stuff like that right yeah that stuff while Elena as a Black Widow has been, you know, sticking to keeping uh, keeping low and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's just, it was more, not so much like how she found Natasha, but more that she just like chose to actually send the vials to her. Yeah, exactly. And I, maybe yeah, not like for sure, for sure. somebody else just given that they hadn't had any contact for several years at minimum and also just given their first interaction after meeting each other after all this time. <laughs> it was just Pretty like, much, yeah, kind of you surprising know? that like, yeah. you wanted to send it to your sister, but then when your sister comes, it's like, <laughs> you're at each other's throats for like five minutes before you go <laughs> <both> to <laughs> the truth. And <laughs> exactly. It's like, <laughs> I mean, come on, peak sibling rivalry right there. It's I like, I mean, again, siblings, let's talk about that because siblings always have a love-hate relationship, right? It's not because they know everything about you and everything there is to know about you. They get on your nerves and it's mostly like, you know, these are the people who can get on your nerves and the, the, the few people you can punch and also hug at the same time. So yeah, it's it's a it's a weird mix, but I get it. it. Is, yeah, and I think these two like definitely exemplify that because mm-hmm. when they're little, they're obviously very close. But then when we see them kind of reunite again after this whole like situation kind of starts, yeah, literally for five minutes, they're like kind of testing each other. Like, are you real? Do I have to kill you? Yeah. Um, also, yeah, because that has other implications here too. Because Natasha got out. Do you think Elena uh, resents Natasha for being able to get out and not coming back for her or doing anything, or maybe, uh, or maybe she resents Natasha for like not checking up on whether Drakov was actually gone, and that put Drakov on the alert and made him more defensive and made him go to more extreme measures with his widows, and. What do you think of that situation? Because that's a complex thing to unpack. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think maybe with the whole like mind control aspect of it, I don't know if Yelena would have necessarily been resentful or like if she would have felt it. Because it, to me, it seemed like 
not to say that like the widows mm-hmm. under mind control couldn't experience emotion, but it was just like, but, uh, yeah, it, I guess Dracov could manipulate that, and uh, yeah, sorry. and so it's like how much of it was really authentic and like mm-hmm. the widows themselves mm-hmm. versus like how much of it was like Dracov or some external force like literally manipulating it or like changing mm-hmm. things. Um, so I don't know for sure if she was like properly resentful while under the mind control, but like mm-hmm. definitely I think after she probably would have been. She would have thought uh, about it, I think. Yeah, I, I, well, that's the other thing, because it happens so quickly. It's like, does she have enough time to kind of go through and process. unpack everything and process yeah, exactly. to really feel oh like the God, full weight yes. of the resentment? Or is it just like, does she just like remember, oh, like Natasha's still out there and like, it's kind of just like a fleeting thought type thing where she's like, oh, Natasha's there and she she got out and so like, she can do this. And I don't know that she would have ever been as resentful as like, you know, going so far as to like, really try and like kill her or something because she got out or whatever but i think she may have had like some amount of resentment but also like when you do see the movie like there are scenes where especially at the end when like natasha's apologizing for not bringing her out sooner yelena's like you don't have to say it and um natasha still says it anyway but like she like she apologizes for not being there for her sooner and like getting we'll her out get to that but yeah i know that. what you oh. mean i know what you um, mean. for sure yeah. But yeah, but also I think Yelena also does say that it was different for Natasha because I think when Natasha was like indoctrinated into this whole crazy like red room, uh, which is essentially it was kind more of like a psychological training, yeah. psychological uh, training uh, than what Drakov's doing. So I think this is what I mean. Maybe was was Drakov's um, the whole idea of mind control a result of what Natasha ended up doing to get out of the red room because she basically blew up uh, his residence or whatever wherever he was to basically mm-hmm. um, you know get rid of him and unfortunately she didn't succeed and she doesn't know that though but right so yeah I mean like that. that's that's tough to say because obviously I mean on the one hand it's like just based off of the way Dreykov talks and the way he acts around all his widows and especially like the end sequences Mm -hmm. or like the end scene rather of the movie you really see he doesn't really care about his widows he just views them as like resources and like objects and so yeah to him exactly yeah they're they're not really a thing so it's like on the one hand it's like I think saying Drakov taking all these measures because of Natasha is a thing is like being too generous because he's a bit of a dick and um, not a bit he, he is, is. He is <laughs> um, yeah I know and what he you just, mean yeah, he, yeah, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really care doesn't about care. any of his widows or any of the Pretty like bugs. kids he he takes in they're mm-hmm. all girls and it's like if they see something and he literally like promising said, this is something that the world will never have enough of have right yeah like. And that's it's chilling and gross in a weird way, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But it's like, like he says stuff like that. So assuming he would do something specifically because of one woman is like, I think, kind of generous. But also at the same time, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, Natasha's kind of a liability because she's out there and and she knows about the red room, right? Right. Yeah. So even if she can't pinpoint, you know, their location at this current point in time, it's like, as long as she's out there, she she's a threat so i could see him maybe like fortifying the red room and maybe I think he she did. Would, like, he basically took to a satellite 
Yeah, and I think that might have been, it may have been because of her. I don't know, the movie doesn't really make it clear, but I think the other stuff was probably just his crazy twisted mind anyway, because um, I think part of it is also, like, as long as any portion of the widow, I guess, remains Mm -hmm. in them, there's always the possibility that they could turn or defect or whatever. So he just kind of like skipped everything and went straight to mind control so he can control them and he can make them do what he wants them to do. Whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think a lot of it was probably just down to him and not so much to do with Natasha. I think maybe, I guess here's the thing, because we also don't know when he like kind of moved the Red Room to this like satellite well, base here's in the, the sky. Thing, because so because here's was... the thing. They would have been able to detect him as he because Natasha's an Avenger. She has a lot of resources, right? Like at least during that time before Right, yeah. Rothman so like that's him. what I was gonna say. Like if if they had done this like move to the sky during the period of time when she was an Avenger, like after she became an Avenger, I don't think he would have done anything or he could have done anything because like Yelena says, like if something had if he had done something, the Avengers would have retaliated. And people like Thor don't need ibuprofen, like she says. I mean, Thor would whack <laughs> him to the moon and back and not even break sweat. So I, I, I don't think the god of god from space would need an ibuprofen after a fight, which is so <laughs> interesting. I love Yelena. She's so sassy. I mean, no, like, she really we'll talk is. About that. But, like, I... I'm wondering if, like, maybe, like, I feel like he may have tried something in the interim, like, before she became an Avenger, but, like, once she officially became an Avenger, started working with the Avengers, then it was, like, at that point, it was almost, like, she couldn't be touched, because if something happened to her, then, like, there's Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye. Yeah. At minimum, like, all these people people are coming after. A lot of people, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think at that point he like Drakov obviously couldn't do anything. But I think prior to that, if like it's possible he may have tried. Um, the movie doesn't again give too much in terms of like specifically when the Red Room migrated to the sky and like if at all any of this was motivated specifically because of um, not defecting. So uh, it's just interesting food for thought. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's an interesting thing because we don't know for sure. Yeah, You're right. So, I mean, this movie gives you a lot of questions and also answers a few questions, but also gives you more questions, which is like, I know, you know, <laughs> which is Marvel style. Let's just say that's oh, Marvel yeah, style. Absolutely. So yeah, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about Alexei and Melina because I think they did the best they could. I mean, for Elena to not even think. Uh, I mean, she really thought that that was her real family. I mean, she probably found out later. Uh, and she did say, uh, the best part of my life was fake and no one ever told me. So, yeah, let's talk about that because I find that really sad, you know? I know, yeah, it is a little, it is depressing. But also, she does say that she doesn't have a birth certificate, so she made up this whole story about her family. So it's Her like, actual family. Yeah, yeah so I think I maybe on you. some level, I think she knew that she was, at the very least, like, adopted. But I think 
hearing that this whole like family unit was kind of like staged and everybody was just like playing mm-hmm. a role I think that was very like jarring to her because mm-hmm. to her like you said like Melina and Alexi were her parents and Natasha was yeah. her sister and they were a family as dysfunctional as they ended up becoming yeah but, but they were so like, close yeah they were also like I mean she was really young um when they left Ohio and so like at six years old like how much do you remember and how much are you able to kind of understand at that age and so I think like Natasha probably knew that Melina wasn't her mom and Alexi wasn't her dad and all of that but I mean Yelena was so young that like even if she had been told I don't know how much she would have understood or been able to process at six but also little kids are also very very bright so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not to say that like even if she was told she couldn't process it but I it's, don't even know if she was told at that point yeah I don't think so. she was told but also it's more like again it's a it's a hard thing to get past you know the whole <laughs> because she said that was the best part of my life and I don't think and now I find out that I, that it wasn't even real so it, that's kind of hard you know yeah, and especially, I think, because for her and Nat, I mean, they were so young that, mm-hmm. like, this was even before they got indoctrinated into, like, this whole program and, like, yeah. part of the Red Room and all of that. And um, it was kind of, like, their only taste of, like, a semi-normal life. And even mm-hmm. then, like, that got uprooted very, very quickly. And Pretty much. They it was just three just years. Like, three yeah. years. And think about that. Yelena must have been like an infant at that point. She probably didn't even know. I know. And yeah. It's, like, so it's it's really like sad to watch, especially like once you see like the scene where obviously they're much older and she realizes like everything she's known has ever been a lie. And it's just like one more thing on top of everything else that like the Red Room has put these girls through. And like not just Nat and Yelena, but like all of them. And there's like hundreds if not thousands of them all over the world mm-hmm. and Drakov is just bringing more and more into the fold and discarding the ones he, he like doesn't find promising or whatever so it's like really chilling when you kind of see like the lengths he's gone mm-hmm. to to like make this network of black of widows and like yeah. what he goes through or like what they go through to become widows and it's just like it's very mm-hmm. creepy and dark and yeah Drakov's a dick <laughs> <laughs> he really is Let's, oh my god, okay, let's talk about the whole family scene when they, uh, but before the family scene, let's talk about how they, how these two try to break out Alexei, because that oh was hilarious. I, I literally, like, every scene with Elena and Nat, I was, like, cracking up, because they're just, like, yeah. the, the dynamic is so, like, familiar, even though, obviously, mm-hmm. none of us are widows. <laughs> and no, we're not, but none we've of us siblings. Have through, like, yeah, but... Um, yeah, like know. the way they're just like bantering and like talking with each other it, it was just like great and the, the way Elena was teasing Nat she's like why do you like drop into the pose and do the hair flip yeah, such a poser like, okay. <laughs> and then like literally when they try and break Alexi out of prison Nat just like drops off a helicopter and like does the pose. standard pose <laughs> and then she's like and then, and then basically Elena's like see I told you I know, she's like such a poser. I know. <laughs> but, um, it was really funny that like, I, I, I just, I also just found it like very interesting that Alexi was in prison and never attempted to break out. And like, Dude, yeah, there's a ton the of guards and stuff, but like. The implications that he was a Russian super soldier. So let's talk, that, that's an interesting twist here too. 
Because yeah, although I think the so I think in the opening sequence when they're fleeing Ohio, he like just with one hand like overturns like a dumpster or something. Yeah. So, like I guess that he had some sort of like superpower he, kind super of serum. Yeah, yeah, he but, was, he was um, like he was he knew about the Winter Soldier program and everything. So yeah, like, yeah, but I didn't know that he was like specifically connected like mm-hmm. to any of that or like it mm-hmm. like I didn't know he was experimented on or becoming a super soldier or was a super soldier or any of that. I just figured he had some sort of abilities because mm-hmm. he got he like overturned that dumpster with like one hand and it's like that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. But also like he just like broke the other guy's hand in the prison scene like when they were arm wrestling he just like broke the guy's wrist and I don't know, it, it just it made me chuckle, because it's like, if he's so strong, why hasn't he tried breaking out? Because he doesn't seem like the type who would want to stay in prison, or who would, like, willingly stay there. <laughs> so I yeah. just find it kind of funny that, like, he was there. I want to go break off at something on him that caused him to be stuck in prison or something. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, Drakov, he, like, prides himself on having this network of widows and being able to, like, sit in the shadows and, like, pull the strings like a puppeteer-type figure. And, uh, I mean, he says as much to Nat towards the end of the film. But um, the way Alexei described it, it sounded just like he was experimented on. Then, like, Drakov got bored or just didn't want to deal with him. And maybe he was too high-profile to kill outright because he's, like, the only super soldier and, like... That would yeah. maybe like the connection would make it seem too obvious that it was Drakov who had been involved or who had like commissioned the the hit or whatever. So like instead mm-hmm. of killing him, maybe Drakov just like pulled the strings and made it so that Alexei was stuck in prison for the rest of his life. But um, I don't know. I just I, to me when I was watching that sequence, it it was just kind of funny that like I don't think Alexei like he doesn't seem like the type who would just sit there and like serve his sentence you know like I feel like he wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily try and cause chaos but I feel like at the very least he would try and escape so I just find it kind of funny that he was just sitting in prison and <laughs> he was just like content with like arm westling and <laughs> like yeah. telling everybody stories about how he's and he's getting like, a tattoo done on his back like okay I know yeah <laughs> and it's so funny because like it, it's basically like because this was in the 80s when uh, Captain America was still in the ice yeah. So like, dude, what you do, what you playing at, kind of thing. But I yeah. know, yeah, and which is like kind of funny because like the last guy he was arm wrestling with was like, when was that? Because Captain America wasn't out of the ice until like '83 or something, or he yeah. wasn't out of the ice in '83. Yeah. And Alexi's like, are you calling me a liar? Yeah, pretty so, much. Um, he he made for good, I think, kind of comedic relief. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Let's also talk about Melina because I love Rachel Weiss. She's awesome, and she's 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 an amazing actress. She does uh, she does so well here. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Melina's role because again, she's a super she's a, she's a black widow herself, and she's a scientist. And <laughs> it, and when she reveals the to the extent of what Drakov has had her do, it's crazy. So let's talk about that. Yeah, and I think one of the really interesting things is that I'm not sure she ever really thought about it or realized um, what, like, how what she was doing would impact other people. And I don't think it's until, like, they're all reunited and Yelena tells her, like, did you ever stop and think about what happens mm-hmm. after you make these, like, chemicals or, like, you work on these projects that, like, literally alter people's mind? Like, do you know who they tested it on? And she's just like, 
I never had to worry about it. And then Yelena's like, well, I tested it on me. And then I think, like, mm-hmm. that's when she kind of is like, she has, like, her oh shit moment where she's like, oh. She has <laughs> and, her oh shit moment at that point, yeah. I guess. And also, I think one of the really, like, I think one of, like, the best scenes for me, and, like, I think one of the best lines of the movie, too, is, like, when she was talking about, when she talks to Nat about how, um, like, Nat is asking, like, why are you doing this? Like, you don't need to mm-hmm. keep following Dreykov's rules and stuff or you don't need to give into his demands and she's like well why does a mouse run on a little wheel and that's like well you were born in a cage but that's not your fault and like just like mm. the way that whole sequence is framed and like the delivery yeah. of those lines I thought was like really really cool and it was, it was a really cool okay. kind of message hidden in them so yeah I mean that that's that too it also <laughs> let's talk about the comedy of the whole get together scene but also the pigs okay let's talk about <laughs> That, that poor pig um, yeah that scene was, was just great the way like Melina is like using her pigs to demonstrate and she's busy like talking and trying to prove a point and like Alexi's talking and they're just like kind of bantering and meanwhile Natasha's yeah. just like free the pig because <laughs> she's like experiments on her pigs and so she uses her pigs to demonstrate how mind control on the widows can work and like the poor and pig just stopped breathing is, yeah. and, like, oh my god yeah that's the only one concerned about the pig and i think like, stop, i don't know about anybody stop. else but like i was yeah. also like the pig the pig the pig i know <laughs> i get it i was concerned because oh my god it was like dude that pig is gonna die it had 11 more seconds before it could you know I'm like, dude, still. I know, don't... and then also she's like, good job, Alexi, or whatever, and then Alexi's like, you named the pig after me, and she's like, well, can't you see the resemblance? It's like, what? And also, this the scene where 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 Natasha's like, what, there's nothing to go back to, this wasn't real, so let's stop pretending and just get this done. That kind of, I think that kind of hurt Yelena, because I think, like, she mentioned she makes it really clear that this was the only family she knew, um, and that still, it, it basically turned out to be fake, and that that's hurtful. So let's talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, and it's definitely I think kind of hard to to process for her, especially because like I don't think widows have had very many good things happen in their lives. They're just kind of used as like mm-hmm. tools or like weapons yeah. or whatever. And it's like, like Drakov says to him, they're resources. They're not even really people. So it's like they literally from a very young age spent their whole life being like objectified and weaponized and just mm-hmm. treated as kind of less than human in certain ways. And it's not a very happy life, I think, for a good majority no. of them. And I think for Yelena, I think she probably kind of held on to those memories from Ohio mm-hmm. and all those years because that was kind of like the one part of her life that I guess she considered good. Yeah. Or maybe like for sure. that made her happy at least. And, you know, mm-hmm. even if they were like a little bit of a dysfunctional family and mm-hmm. it was a crazy time or whatever, I think yeah. she kind of looked back on it fondly mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to like all of a sudden learn that there may not have been any real like feelings there and it was all just like roles that Alexi and Molina were playing and maybe even to a certain extent Natasha was playing. It's just, that's, I think it can be very upsetting and jarring to anybody, I think, but especially in her case after everything she's been through where it's like that might've been, or like she may have considered that the one good thing in her life that like, 
in spite of everything, at least she had those years of kind of being like a normal kid and mm-hmm. having like a normal family exactly. type thing. And then to find out that it's all just fake and her parents, supposedly her parents, um, were just, they were like fulfilling roles and they weren't even, it's not even like they wanted her necessarily or like they didn't do anything out of like a sense of duty. They just did it because they were playing a part and they were working exactly. towards a larger goal. So yeah, that I think is, it's definitely, I think upsetting to her and she's upset rightfully so I think because if I were in that position I'd be like well what do you mean you guys were just playing roles like and exactly. she also says like, like oh that's the closest thing she had to a mom and like she considers her her mother and it's like just kind of depressing because Molina may not have even considered her herself like a mother to Natasha or Yelena she might have just been like I'm playing a role playing for the part. sake of like yeah you know. but for them also, it was like yeah. very, oh my like, god these people sure. are our parents and like they, I think for a while at least um until they had to leave Ohio I think Elena kind of thought that maybe they were just like a normal family and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I and think Natasha they, knew so <laughs> I think I think Natasha did know but they I think they shielded Elena from that pretty well up until that one day where they just had to leave and it's yeah. like it's sad. Also, let's talk about how chilling it is that they basically that Melina just says that you were taken. Uh, you were take. You were just selected randomly because of the fact that, but because of some genetics and and they took you and your mother kept looking for you and she was relentless. So Drakov had her killed. And yeah. that's like so chilling and sad let's talk about that because that must have been the case with Elena's parents too I mean that's kind of crazy (laughs) yeah I mean we don't know as much about Elena's parents because um we obviously I mean this is kind of like her intro film into the MCU this is the first time we meet her so we don't really know too much about her past but Nat has always said, like, her thing has always been, like, she was abandoned. And then to find out now that she wasn't abandoned, her parents were paid off to, like, give her up. But then her mom never stopped looking for her. And the people that took her ended up killing her, like, biological mom who obviously Actually wanted wanted her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I think at any age it's enough to kind of, like, shake you up. And especially, like, when you've spent so long kind of coming to terms with one particular story or what you consider to be the truth to hear something else uh, and and be told that that's the truth. It's, I think it can be hard to process. And mm. I think for Nat, especially because for, I mean, she's referenced in other films too, that she was like abandoned. She doesn't have a family. I never and, have like, a family. I never had yeah. a family until the Avengers came along is what she always said, you know? Right. Exactly. And then like in this movie, we see that like, it's kind of true, but also not true because mm. she it's always did have yeah. some version of a family, like whether it was her biological family who ended up dying or like this crazy dysfunctional family of like ex-widows and <laughs> Alexi. <laughs> um, or like whether it was right. the Avengers, it, like she always did have some version of a family. It's just, I think, until the events the, of this movie, mm. she couldn't even consider them her consider family. Consider that, Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't think she could have. I think she may have, but then it was like, no, I, uh, because of everything that's happened, that happened, she was like, no, that was fake. I can't consider that family, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think also, unlike Elena, she, I think she was, it seemed like she knew from a early age. She knew. That, she knew. That um, Alexia and Melina were not her, her birth parents and that. I mean, I don't know to what extent she knew, like, what their part was in, like, this crazy kind of mm. plan that Dracov had. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think she, like, she at least knew that they weren't her biological parents. And I think... Yeah, I guess. You're right. It, it wasn't as shocking to for her. Like, because obviously Yelena was much younger. So when she finds out that Molina and Alexi are not her actual parents... Um, it's and kind they of just shocker. haven't played a role. Yeah. yeah, it's a shock. But for Natasha, it's just like, I knew this. It's not really surprising. But I think hearing that her biological mom mm-hmm. kept coming after her mm-hmm. when her whole life she's been told that she's been like abandoned and like her mother didn't want her and all of that. Like, I think that's also kind of jarring. yeah. Because that to know that hey my parents didn't want me that's why I'm in this kind of situation is kind of sad you know yeah it's like and then suddenly to know that the that her mother wanted her and kept looking for her it's like yeah it, it, it's harsh so let's talk about the fact that Melina alerted the red room to these people's presence in her house because that's like <laughs> insane you know, let's talk about that, too. Yeah, it is. But also, I think, I don't know about other people, but I was, like, fully expecting at least one of them, whether it was Melina or Alexi, at some point mm-hmm. to turn. And Alexi was kind of just, I mean, he was there for, I felt like, kind of comedic relief. He had a Pretty lot of, much. like, <laughs> funny moments in, in the movie. So, and also, like, I don't know that he would have been able to plan everything that meticulously when all he did was like spend who knows how many years in prison <laughs> ranting yeah. and raving about fighting Captain America. So it's like, yeah. well, if one of them is going to turn, it's probably not going to be him because he doesn't seem to have, you know, made a plan or come up with something. And not to say he's like stupid, but like he didn't seem like the type who thought like six steps He, was, he wasn't the brightest of the bunch, okay? Let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> Whereas sure. Molino is definitely like, she had her head screwed on straight, and she mm-hmm. seemed like she was if she was gonna do anything, plan like ten steps in advance and make backup plans and for backup she plans. Did. And, and she did. Yeah. Like, so um, what ended up happening, she really did. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised when she said that she alerted the red room, but it was still a really cool twist to see what happens after she alerts the red room. Yeah. Um, and so Which that, we got I didn't that later see because that said I did not see that coming. That was like super cool. Like, I, know. I mean, I'm like after you see that scene, it's like, oh well, of course that makes sense because something kind of similar happens at the end of yeah. Civil War. Yeah, Civil War because because uh, Natasha does that. She yeah. she does the switcheroo on um, on one of the uh, as one of the ambassadors there. Yeah, camp. so it's like, of course that makes sense that like she would do that, <laughs> but it's yeah. like until I saw that the scene play out in in like the movie Black Widow, um, I I was not expecting that the also really, let's talk about the whole ceremony thing because I think that was a pretty cool twist. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, it was really interesting because um, I think Elena says at an earlier point in the movie that Natasha's, like, I guess, path to becoming a Black Widow is very different than Yelena's and all the, like, current girls who are, mm-hmm. I guess, part of the program now because for them it's more, it, it like, there's no... I don't know how to describe it. Like for Natasha, yeah. it was very psychological, and she was like conditioned and trained to like act a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for the girls right now who are part of this program, it's like it doesn't matter like psychologically what they're like or whatever. It's just like with mind control, they can just be made to do anything. And mm-hmm. again, it's kind of difficult to get a sense of how aware they are of certain things. Like, yeah, because the like everything is kind of it can be controlled or modified or altered so it's like yeah. are they aware that they're controlled and all of that they're not but yeah i know what you mean well, like that's what i don't know because the 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 one widow that was like chasing them in she morocco just found out. She, she sorry just not morocco out. in yeah i think at the end well i mean i don't know because like when so there's that whole chase scene in when they're in hungary and um yelena and natasha are trying to escape and the one widow like chases after them and she ends up falling off like the oh my god she's like i don't want to do this but he's making me yeah yeah so it's like it seems like they have some awareness that they're being controlled or like something but um i i I don't know the extent of it i don't know you're right I don't know. It could also, I could totally see it though being like one of those things where Dracoff and his goons are just like creepy enough where they're like, we're going to implant this thing in you. And if you don't do as we say and if you don't perform up to our standards, you're going to get hurt. So it's like a, like, could yeah. be like a thing to like, and they've got nowhere else to go. He makes and, it very clear that he's their only chance at survival or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? So I can definitely see it also being like a situation where it's like all these girls have been told at some point or other in their life that like, this is like for their own good or like mm-hmm. their I guess survival is is like contingent upon them like having these like mind controlled chips or whatever implanted in them and it's just like a way again to like control them and, and make sure that they're performing up to Dracov's standards and it's like just exactly to, for him to ensure that like there's like total compliance and total obedience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so maybe like all the widows are aware that there's like a mind control Some chip or whatever in them yeah. Yeah, yeah but also it's kind of like weird because until they're spritzed with the gas it's like they don't know so it, it's it's very strange we don't really know too much of specifically how it works mm-hmm. and like when the process starts and all of that but um yeah i, I can totally see Drakov pulling a dick move like that because, and just because he is a dick like you said yeah Okay, but let's also talk about Natasha's confrontation with Draco because I think it was super cool. Let's talk about that. It was. That scene was, like, really, really, really well done because mm-hmm. I did not, I mean, I don't know about other people, but I didn't guess that there was, like, a, it was, like, a, almost like a bait-and-switch type move until yeah. the very end because the way the scene is framed is also really kind of brilliant because you see Melina walk into the red room and confront Dracov and he's like yeah. talking about oh you know he's like we'll just like give Yelena a lobotomy or something and yeah. um, we'll just kill Natasha and then she's like well don't you even want to talk to her and he's like no because then I can't look into the eyes of like my kids or whatever and mm-hmm. um, he like you end up, we end up finding out that 
Natasha has like one of those. I don't even know. Is there a phrase for them or a term for them? Those things I that like know. make your face into it's the face of somebody else. Thing. I don't know. I don't know what to yeah. call them. I'm it's, sorry. It's like one of those high tech gadgets. But we saw her yeah. use it in Civil War when she posed yeah. as one of the ambassadors, yeah. and we see her use it again here, here. when she poses mm-hmm. Melina. But Dragoff kind of somehow was able to see through that. He's able to figure and, it out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's really interesting because, like, the way the scene is played out, it actually mirrors the scene. Um, is it from Age of but Ultron Loki. With, with Loki? And the way, like, no, it's in the first Avengers movie, but yeah, I yes, it's not not Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the way Natasha's like pretending to be like completely like caught off guard by Loki, and then at the end she's like, "Thank you for your cooperation." That was like <laughs> and, so cool. Thank I know, and it's like you. done. It's it's done like it very similarly so here. Well. Yeah. But yeah, it's like she's the entire time we as an audience think that like she may be one step Maybe behind her. Yeah, yeah, it's like but... you know, she's like three steps ahead <laughs> at minimum. Exactly. She's like got this all planned out. She knows about the pheromone block. She knows about like. And she's um, talked to Melina about it. She's like, yeah, and Melina's like, you have to sever the nerve. And she literally just smashes her head. And her nose against the yeah, table that, that like, breaks that. That was like crazy, but also badass. The best I way know. to. And like the way she was just goading him at first too. It's like, well, what do you like? What's what's the goal here? Like, because clearly, I mean, as long as the pheromone block is still in place, you can't, can't do anything to him. Yeah. yeah. But then also, like it, the way it was also done. It was like even though she was kind of at a disadvantage, I think between her and Melina and Yelena like yeah she knew enough about him to know that like he kind of in a way he knew enough to push his buttons yeah let's talk let's say that he he sent away the taskmaster and he was just like it's just me and you and then like (laughs) he was feeling pretty good like oh you can't do anything to me and at the last second she's like thank you for your cooperation like after he's revealed like the the ins and outs of of his operation (laughs) and how he finds these girls and how he has an entire list Oh my god, that that was creepy. By the way, the finding out that he that, yeah. how he finds out about them. And also, let's talk about the taskmaster's identity because that must be really painful for Natasha to find out. So let's talk about that too a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely like one of the I think the darker aspects of her character because a lot of it is I think. I mean, it, it's clear that she, she just calls kind of Drakov's like, daughter collateral damage, but I don't think she really wanted to do that. But it's like no, the it lesser of two like, evils kind of thing. I don't know. Well, I don't even know about that, but it does feel like she felt very guilty about it, she like did. doing it. And, and I'm wondering, maybe that's part of the reason why she never went to check on like Drakov's body to see like whether or not it was actually like there. Yeah, there and dead. I agree. Because then maybe she would have to like come to terms with whatever happened with his daughter and yeah yeah, and and we find out that like even though this entire like murder in a sense assassination was kind of attempted it didn't it didn't succeed because drakov actually found her and and pulled her out and managed to i wouldn't even say save her because it's just like he just kind of made her like a different version of a widow but she didn't die so i think that's like something I think Natasha does feel bad about because obviously when we see her in um, the the movies, she's at a point where she's kind of 
tried to, to make herself. peace with it, I think, but I don't think it to ever an extent, yeah. worked But I think she's her. also, like, tried to distance herself from, like, her Red Room past and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And I think she's tried to, in certain ways, like, make up for everything that she did, whether or not mm. that's possible. It's a different story, but... Um, yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, Is there a way for you to, you know, make up for all that pain? Because she's done a lot of questionable things. That they, and I think she's very aware of that. Um, yeah, I think for her, it's it was more like she knows like what her I guess kill count is, and unfortunately, she won't be able yeah, to bring those people back. But, yeah. but at like the best she can do now is go forward and spend the rest of her time kind of like trying to make up for that in any way she can, which may or may not have been part of the reason why she even decided to join Shield. Um, but I think she's like aware that as much as she wants to and mm-hmm. as sorry as she is all of that unfortunately won't bring back these people that she's hurt or killed Taken or whatever out. yeah mm-hmm. um and so i think like when she kind of like tries to distance herself from that part of her life the rest of it is just like okay well i can't undo what i did <laughs> so the next best thing is like trying to help as many people as i can so that in in some ways it like kind of it balances, kind out, of in balances a out but also yeah. let's talk about the impact of the um you know the impact of the events of civil war here because like not civil war sorry winter soldier because in the winter soldier she realizes that shield is, has been nothing but a cover for hydra and mm-hmm. that must be that must have been such a shock to her because what i mean the things that she she's done it, it's like she did that for the KGB because of whatever Drakov made her do. But then at this point, she she's helping another covert organization. Like, I mean, and I think she was pretty much okay until it was S.H.I.E.L.D. And she was on a, 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 the somewhat correct side of the law, I guess. But then mm-hmm. she finds out it's Hydra. And it's insane because she's done a lot of things for shield too and i think she was okay with that because she probably thought that she was part of the good guys let's talk about that a little bit because again this is this is more to analyze her character than anything else but yeah let's talk about that <laughs> yeah again i'm i'm wondering if it's like a thing where she joined shield because she was like a tired of just doing all this crazy nonsense for drakov mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. the red room um but also because like she wasn't mind controlled and so like she knew probably what she was like, doing yeah well i think even the other widows knew what they were doing but also i think like for her it was easier to to break off and i think separate right from wrong because the mm. other widows if you're under mind control i mean it's I, hard I, I don't know. yeah yeah, I'm, yeah i would assume it's difficult <laughs> Um, and and for sure, for wanting sure. to do something is not the same as being able to do it or having the freedom to make that choice to do it. Exactly. So, yes. um, I think for her, like once she got out, I think it was it seemed to me anyway, and I could be totally wrong, but it seemed like it was just a way for her to like, like joining Shield was kind of a way for her to start making up for everything that she did. And I think she understood mm-hmm. or knew that she couldn't undo everything or bring back the people that she had killed or taken out or whatever but trying to to help now instead of just being like an assassin or like a spy Mm. or whatever would be like the next best thing and she could put her skills to use in in a better way better way yeah uh, for sure than just you know lurking in the shadows and killing people that drake or the red room deems like 
a liability or whatever. Targets, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not sure if that's a correct reading of her character or like why she specifically decided to join S.H.I.E.L.D. but that was the impression that I got anyway yeah, or like part yeah. of it so like to then find out that S.H.I.E.L.D. has just been a cover for HYDRA it's like she basically just escaped like she traded it's, it's one like, stupid thing for another at this point yeah it's like out of the pot and into the frying pan type situation where it's yeah. like she got out of one sticky situation but then it's like she wasn't really like how much was she really doing that was considered good or necessary for like the greater good mm-hmm. as part of shield so yeah i think that can definitely be again jarring it and is yeah when you sure. find out that like you've been lied to or obviously the truth has been omitted or you don't know everything and mm-hmm. um yeah I, th- I think it's like yelena says at the <laughs> beginning of the movie that not knowing the whole truth is it makes it kind of like hard to mm-hmm understand and process things yeah for sure i yeah for sure let's also talk about the whole scene where uh, i mean yelena's badass man i'd love to see more of her i'm guessing we will get to see more of her but we'll talk about that in a second let's talk about how she was almost ready to sacrifice herself to get drakov which is awesome but also and how how Natasha's like, don't do it. And Yelena's like, I'm going to do it. It's so I know. funny. But also sad because she feels like she has no option here. But let's talk about that too a little bit. And also, it, it, it is, we'll talk about the um, end credit scene as well because that's kind of sad. But let's talk about that reunion scene after everything's said and done. Yeah, it was really interesting, but also kind of depressing, because one of the things that stood out to me was, like, the number of times Elena was like, this would be a cool way to die, or, like, this would yeah. not be a cool way to die. Yeah, And, like, pretty even much. in that scene, when, when after this huge, like, intense, epic kind of fight mm-hmm. sequence, like, plays out, Dragoff is getting away, and she's the one closest to his helicopter she decides she's gonna like take him down and like you said Nat's like don't do it don't do it and she's like this would be a cool way to die and it's just like really depressing but also kind of like kind of I don't know how to describe it but kind of neat in a certain way if that makes any sense because like Mm. her whole thing is I mean she says like like buying that vest was like the first choice she ever made first autonomous choice yeah Yeah, exactly now like for the first time like she's free she doesn't she's not controlled and she can make her own choices and that includes like maybe when and how she dies and it's like that's kind of like a depressing and morbid way of looking at it but it's also like i get where she's coming from like if she's gonna die it's gonna be on her terms not because drakov pushed a button on the ipad or whatever and said like we're terminating her but it's because Mm -hmm. like she did something that maybe it resulted in her getting killed but it's still like it was still her choice yeah so yeah, yeah i get it for sure for sure so yeah, it was like that always like stood out to me the number of times she was like, this is a cool way to die. But like, also, I think one of the things the movie does kind of well is like, there's a lot of dark stuff in this movie. Yeah. And it just like, it, it, to me, at least, I, I don't know if everybody else felt the same way, but I felt like it balanced a lot of like the dark stuff with some of the lighter yeah. stuff. And like, yeah, that, it was like the whole, one I of the moments. Get my period, you shit, they cut out my uterus. I'm like, oh God. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like enough, enough. You don't have to give me all the details and get all clinical. She's like, I was gonna talk about fallopian tubes, but whatever. I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> 
that scene though was also like I, I, somebody it was comedy goal but think, also morbid yeah and somebody pointed out how like different it was compared to the way Nat talks about it and like Joss Whedon's version of what yeah, the oh, Avengers and the MCU oh, should be day, dude, and yeah it's just like the, the, the like just the idea that because she didn't have a uterus and couldn't have kids that somehow made her like a monster or something that was and, so like dumb. Whedon's version was like yeah that was just ridiculous but like here it's like they like acknowledge it but it's not at no point do the characters ever go well because I don't have all these like specific organs or I can't do certain like things also, I'm less it, than a human also, or like yeah it, it was a they, it, Joss Whedon made a very gender related function kind of thing which is so fucking weird and stupid but whatever dude yeah it's again not the greatest it's not but... because I feel like Joss did good with Avengers but Age of Ultron did not I mean I like the story don't get me wrong but I think some bits of it could have been done a whole lot better Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, the thing that was just really annoying to me was, like, yeah. the way Nat was kind of framed. And it was, like, her character, or, like, her lines were, like, just really bogus. Like, yeah, oh, I don't have a uterus, I'm a monster. So it's, like, it's like where does that even come from? And, like, the like not having a uterus has no impact on a yeah, person's I mean, character. You could say that the stuff that you did made you feel like one. That's some Yeah, that's but not story. because, like, you can't have... Like, I would never... Yeah. Personally, if I was a writer, I would never have a character say, like, because I don't have, never. like, a reproductive organ and I can't have kids, I'm a monster. That's, like, the and, dumbest thing you can <laughs> and do. And it is also, like, were they even talking about kids at that point? <laughs> yeah, because you have a world to save, dude. I, mean, I know, like, and it's just, like, on. I don't know, to me, it, it kind of came out of left field. It's, like, that's why in this movie it was really it great was. to see, because, yeah, like, a different they talk about it and they acknowledge is. it, but, like, at no point to not relate it, just say... BS like I don't okay. have these certain organs so I'm a monster because oh now I can't God. have kids for sure like... for sure yeah I agree with you also at the end how, how how Natasha like hey is everyone okay and then Melina like I'm clearly injured <laughs> like what <laughs> <laughs> the comedy though it's like on point I mean I can't even imagine <laughs> because it was so deadpan like I love how Melina's like, dude, can't you see? I'm like her. And also, I love the way after like, like teasing Natasha for who knows how long about her pose at that she one scene. Melina just like drops into it, and then she's like, she... "Oh, disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, it was funny. Don't I mean, like, come on, dude, Yelena, you know you wanted to do it. Come on. She wanted girl. to try it at least once, but yeah, <laughs> she tried. She didn't like it, so that's fair. That's that's fair. That's her thing, you know. I would I would judge her for that, you know. But she tried it. It was funny. <laughs> I think Melina did too, if I remember correctly. There's like she she has like a quick. I I want to say it's like when she throws the taskmaster in the the mm. holding cell. She kind of like does like a little black widow type pose. Yeah. I mean, maybe just like wait, a black on, widow thing. Have their poses. Let them have. It. <laughs> Okay, it's like it's like a thing for them. Okay, don't take that from them, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's kind of sad. It's 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 also I love how uh, Elena gives uh, Natasha the jacket at the end. It's I so have never sweet. been so emotional over a piece of clothing. 
Yeah. And it's just like, because like when you start, or like when that, when you first see the vest, it's like, how does this have any impact on like what's going to come? And it's not until, at least for me, like until the end that I realized, I was like, because even when at the mm. very end, when Yelena gave Natasha the, the vest, I was like, I don't get it. Like, that's like, it was sweet, but I didn't make the connection until like the very end when you see Nat with like her shorter hair and it's blonde and she's wearing and she's the vest. Wearing the and it's jacket. like, oh, that's her infinity word. Like, look, and <laughs> it's got some significance. It's not just like yeah. a design choice that like they made for the movie. I mean, it is, but like, there's more to it than just it's a vest that matches her like outfit. And so I thought that was it's really because sweet. her sister gave it to her because that moment where she's like, it was real to me too. I couldn't take it. It was so painful. I know. And also, somebody and I apologize that I don't have a source for this, but I think somebody, I want to say it was like Tumblr made a GIF set where um it like they they gif the scene from infinity war with wanda yeah. and um thanos's goons and they were like commenting yeah. on how wanda's alone and then like nat just pops up and she's like she's wearing the vest and she's like she's not alone and yeah to me, just, just kind of made me a little bit emotional but <laughs> i know i know especially because like now knowing what the vest means and like the mm-hmm. significance behind it and yeah. all of that it's just like like never thought of getting yeah, like about really it, but... I, it hurt it really just hurt okay i couldn't take it it was it was beautiful but also like why you know yeah it, it was like one of those things that like again like when i saw it at the beginning with like yelena commenting about it i was like mm-hmm. this is like a nice sister bonding moment but what does this have to do with like anything that's gonna come later on in the film and it's like it's just like one of those little like tiny details that it doesn't play like a huge role in the plot Mm -hmm. but it's still like really relevant and it's got a purpose and yeah it's important so that was really cool that like there's an explanation as to why Nat was wearing that in Infinity War and it's not just like again because it happens to match her outfit I mean it does I think (laughs) but (laughs) like there's a story behind it beyond it just being like it's not just like a piece of clothing she picked up from like the middle of nowhere it like it has a purpose it has a significance and so that was really cool it was really cool let's also talk about the post credit scene now because it made me really sad let's talk about I know. that i think and one angry. Thing, <laughs> yeah one of the things about this movie is that i think most of us who have been following the movies yeah, and keeping up with MCU, yeah. we know what happens to Nat. So, like, there was no yeah, just, kind of like what, big surprising moment. Angry. I wish we had this movie earlier, but that's for oh, another podcast yeah. altogether. I mean, yeah, we could have easily gotten like at minimum, I would think, like three movies out of like Nat's backstory. Mm-hmm. And I, that would have been great. And I think we should have had it considering, like, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love all the other characters but like Iron Man Thor Captain America they've had multiple movies yeah exactly I like I don't see why not can't have multiple movies either but unfortunately I am not an executive and me saying that (laughs) doesn't make it happen but yeah um, yeah I mean we I think everybody who's been keeping up with MCU like knows what happens to Nat and so I think there is it makes it sad really that this is the end of her journey at this point yeah yeah but I think like that's the thing, like, for me, there is no, I personally didn't, like, feel, like, any edge-of-the-seat moments in this movie where it was, like, 
what's going to happen? Is she going to die? Because you know she dies at the end of Endgame. Yeah. And, or in Endgame. <laughs> so it's not like, like you know that whatever happens in this movie, she's making it out alive because she dies later. So yeah. it's like, it, it kind of took away that element of surprise. But then yes, it did. the end credit scene, though, still really hits you in the field because like after this like two-hour movie of Zanat finding, like she has a family that she never thought she had and then um, yeah. destroying the like idiots that that made her messed her up she and, was. Yeah, exactly. and hurt so many other girls. It's like you just get the scene of like Yelena at her grave after the events of Endgame, mm-hmm. and it's just like we really didn't need this. And then there's like the you really really like feelings. I know the really sad um, moment where like Yelena whistles, and then there's nobody to like I whistle to back whistle to her. Back. Yeah, and then everything is ruined when Valentina steps into the picture. And it's like, oh, do you want to, like, take a shot at the guy who is responsible for your sister's death and then just hands Elena a picture of Clint? And it's like, I mean... Like, no, man, that's not what happened. Like, no, but, but it's, it's like, tough because, again, like, did Natasha deserve to die? No. Should it have been Clint? Also, no. Personally, like, I don't, I mean, uh, I don't really yeah. have anything against him, but it's like... I know a lot of people don't really care for his family and all of that stuff, but it's like he still had a family, and I don't. Even too, but well, yeah, like that's the thing mean. too. Like she, she did I too. So I don't think mean. either of them should have died. But like, if one had to die, I would not have voted for Natasha. <laughs> Sorry, Clint. Yeah. But I'm also like, not throwing him under the bus, like, I wouldn't have said he should have died either. It would have been nice if nobody died, but, um, but also, like, the other thing is, like, in a way, Mm -hmm. like, they both, I think, wanted to die. (laughs) I mean, not wanted to, but they were both kind of fighting for, like, who would be the one to, like, sacrifice themselves. So it's like, even if... a weird thing to fight over, but sure. Yeah, so it's like, even if Clint is kind of responsible, it's not like he didn't try and stop her. Oh my god, he so tried to stop her. Yeah. And I think vice versa, too. Like, if, like, Clint had died, I don't think you could say that Natasha didn't try and stop him either. Exactly. I don't know, it, it's just a weird situation because it's like, yeah. on the one hand, I would have been over the moon if nobody died, but unfortunately... Yeah. We all don't, we don't get what we want always. So, yeah, you know. but also my thing is like, how is Valentina going to play this now? Because it's not like Clint and Nat yeah, were like enemies. Thing. Exactly, and Yelena knows about Clint, at least something, because Natasha's talked to her about him. And yeah. She's seen him on TV and everything because assume, they're yeah. all Avengers. And it's like, how is she going to play this? How is, she, how is Valentina playing Elena against Clint? How is she playing them against each other? Because Hawkeye is getting his own spinoff series. And I think this is going to... She, I think Elena is going to make a cameo or an appearance in there or of some sort maybe considering what's maybe, going on yeah. here but also in the so, Hawkeye series isn't it more like at some point there's going to be like the handoff where Clint I guess passes the baton on to yeah exactly but then so yeah that's true but then how is this going to play into that or is is that something that will be mentioned in that series or do we actually find out what's going on uh there's a lot of questions there. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, like, I think 
Valentina's definitely like she's got some crazy twisted plan. Dude, she's shady but, as hell. Like yeah. considering that she's recruited John Walker and Yeah, and also I think stuff. like the character is Madame Hydra in the comics, so like that doesn't yeah. bode well. But yeah, anybody who like recruits John Walker <laughs> in my book is like a lot little... of their mind. <laughs> yeah. But um also it's it's like like you said, I mean, Nat has mentioned Clint at least like a handful of times within this movie alone yeah and we're assuming that before that she may have mentioned or yelena may have seen him on tv or whatever mm-hmm. and it's obvious even from the few times that she did mention clint that they're like very close friends and all of that and exactly. so i don't know how valentina's gonna play this or frame this in a way that makes yelena like want to kill him want to go after him, or if she even will because yeah. like i know like she she, like, took the iPad or whatever. She took the, the tablet and, like, looked at the picture. But she never outright says, like, yes, I'll take this contract. Or, like, yes, I'll take a shot at killing him or whatever. Um, so I don't know if it's, like, a thing where Valentina is, like, here's the guy that supposedly killed your sister. Now go after him and kill him. Or if it's, like, a thing to just kind of cast doubt and make Elena kind of unsure about Clint. So I guess oh. we'll see in either the Hawkeye TV series or um, whatever movie Elena pops in next. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Want more of Elena? Come on, guys. Give me more of her. She's awesome. That's, like, the sad part that, like, I loved the, like, the the banter between Nat and Elena, and it's it's sad that the movie, like, this is the only movie we're going to get it in because... Yeah, don't don't mind me. But yeah, exactly. It's sad that she's gone now, and <sighs> I wish it didn't. But we don't have, have more her. movies. Yeah, that too. Yeah, my no, thing is also like just I said, like I really wish that this was something that they'd done a long time ago. That's yeah, no, that for sure. I mean, one... they easily could have done it like after the first Avengers, like at the latest. Yeah, because like, if we're being honest, like they did not need to wait so till twenty twenty one. Yeah, it would it have been cool to find out. How about her time in the red room? Why she wanted to get out and what mm-hmm. the the lengths that she went to to get out? You know all that stuff. It would have been cool to find out about. You know, but yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah. like I said, I think a lot of people have been saying this too. Like they very easily could have milked the character and yeah, stretched because, it out. Yeah, because dude, into like why is it movies. that? Yeah, because but. For Thor, some reason, Captain America, they got multiple movies. Why is it that she doesn't get that? You know, I mean, yeah, come on. And it, and like the the sad thing is like, it, like we're only She's getting one it of the now. Original Avengers, come on, dude. I know, dude. yeah. And and like the the sad thing is we're getting like the Black Widow movie in 2021, but it wasn't until what 2019 that we got the first female like protagonist, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel? I yeah, think so. I think so. Because Black Widow didn't get her movie until now, and Wanda's uh-huh. not... I mean, she had WandaVision, like, the show, but, but I don't think show. she's getting her it's solo not a movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, she's appearing in other movies still, but it's not... Not the same not, thing. Like, a solo movie. Yeah. Because I think, like, part of her, like, origin story was kind of wrapped up in... In the Age of Ultron. Ultron. And then okay. a little part of it was also, like, explored briefly mm-hmm. in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... Maybe Marvel felt like they didn't need to. I don't know. I, I'll take more Wanda too at this point. Like, yeah, just just give us all the female characters and just make Please movies. Please do. It will be it will be super cool to do it. I mean, come on, guys, milk it for all it's worth. 
that's what I would think, you know, that like, it doesn't, to me, I mean, again, I'm not like a Marvel executive and me saying I want certain things is not going to make them happen. But like, I would have assumed that because Black Widow is such a well-received character, that it would make sense for them to, to like, capitalize make on movies. it. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. I would think that they could make millions just by making mm-hmm. uh, Black Widow movies, but I don't know. Yeah. For sure. I, I agree with you on that. I wish they'd done it, but they did not. So I'm like, I'm side-eyeing you, Marvel. Thank you for the Black Widow movie, but I'm still side-eyeing you. I know, that. yeah. It's like, yeah, great, we got this. But, like, we want more. Yeah, we want more. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, honestly, we love this movie. We super, we enjoyed it a lot. We want more, uh, mo- more women uh, centric superhero movies because that would be super cool. If you guys enjoyed it, if you guys have watched it and enjoyed it, let us know. We'd love to talk to you guys about it. You can always reach out to us for sure. And we are also looking forward to other entries in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and the Eternals, which are coming out later this year. Hopefully we'll yeah. be able to, hopefully it'll be safe enough for us to watch it in theaters by that point. What do you think? Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, it, it would be nice to kind of see them on the the big screen as well. But there is also, I think, something nice about watching a movie for the first time mm-hmm. from the comfort of your own home. So yeah, it's, of course. I don't know. I can, I can see the pros and cons of, of both. But um, yeah, either way, I mean, it'll whether we watch it at home or in theaters, it'll be nice to get other movies in the MCU mm-hmm. after like this crazy hiatus due to the pandemic and we're getting more tv series as well so we're getting oh my god um, loki's wrapping up and we're getting what's if in august so excited for that what i know it looks so good what if is really interesting because it's like dude like killmonger saving tony stark from being bombed at that point that's like the craziest thing ever but like, let's see what where that goes. We're gonna look into that because the trailer for that was awesome. I'm still looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, it promises to be really interesting, so I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, I mean, if you guys haven't had a chance to see this movie, I mean, we highly recommend it because we enjoyed it. It is a good movie. I think it just lacks some of like the surprise elements that I think yeah, other movies are able to get away with. I feel like yeah. that's mainly because of the timing. Yeah, I think it's just down to the timing. I think if if this movie had come out the same, like if everything had stayed the same, but this movie just came out several years earlier, I think it would have been like... Uh, it would have been so cool. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I would have loved it. It would have been so great. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, that's pretty much... Uh, I guess that wraps it up for this um, this rant and raving of Black Widow. If you guys have your own opinions, if you and if you want to tell, want to talk to us about other topics that we could talk about, let us know. Yes, and as always, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, <laughs> we really appreciate you guys listening do, to us yes. ramble. And um, yeah, like Div said, if you have other topics you want us to look into and podcast about as always feel free to let us know we're open to trying new things beyond just like the things that we know we like (laughs) (laughs) yes we are yes we are and keep it and again thank you for staying with us on this so far and we really appreciate it thanks guys thank you
always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.